You're listening to the Packernet Podcast Network. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Third down, inches to go. Good Vader. 17 to 14. Cowboys out in front. Star begins to count. Welcome into Packers Total Access post-game show, the very first one. So I can promise you this, this is going to be a bit of a clown show by the end of the night, okay? This is our first time going live for a, uh, a post-game show, and I got my buddy Jacob here. My name is Clayton Bailey. You can check us out on Packernet.com. You can find me on Twitter at Packers underscore access. Obviously, the Packers and the Niners just wrapped up, first preseason game of the year. Niners come out on top 28-21. to 21. Jacob, initial impressions, man. What would you think of the game? I know there were some ups and downs, and I think we would both agree that, uh, you know, it's kind of surprising that the score was a little bit closer than it was. It felt like a blowout, did it not? Yeah, man, it did. Um, to be honest, when I when I entered this game, I thought maybe, like, we'd hang in there for the first series and then basically fall off of that. And we kind of did that, but more or less we we stayed in the game for pretty much the whole game, honestly, until the last, I don't know, half of the fourth quarter, we were still in there ready to, you know, strike while the arm was hot kind of thing. And it's just, I, we did better. I, I will say that we did better than I thought we would. And I'm pleasantly surprised. I will say there's definitely some things that we need to work on, but coming out of this game healthy, mostly, I think that's a win right there. Yeah, I completely agree, man. Um, you know, it, it, Anytime you have a preseason game, especially that first one, it's just kind of a crapshoot. You know, I mean, you, you're like you said, you're looking to get out of there healthy, but you're also I, I kind of feel like it's uh, it's not talked about enough that in most cases they're they're trying to get that first cut ready. Right. They're trying to get you know, we've got to cut down to what, 80, 80 players on August the 23rd. So, you know, they're looking to let's get those guys the most playing time possible so we can trim this roster down and then get into the next phase of the install and all that. So I think a lot of that comes into play, but at the same time, and we've seen some good things and early on, it did not take long at all for Romeo Dobbs to show up. Right. And Bro. I'm telling you, man, it's uh, and, and don't get me wrong. He, he wasn't perfect. You know, he did several things, uh, you know, there, he, he made mistakes <laughs> in the game, but his route running ability, there's just something about it. I don't know if it's a quick twitch or what, but the guy can just get open. And uh, actually, matter of fact, we have this very first uh, touchdown here. Let's play this clip real quick. See if uh, see if the listeners can hear this. They're going to go for it on fourth down, T-Rock. Fourth down and three for the Packers. Here they go empty again. Two right and three left. 49ers bring pressure. Two inside backers come down the sideline. Romeo Dobbs, a touchdown. 
49ers had no one in the deep middle there as they brought Oren Burks and Demetrius Flanagan fouls. Love it, man. You know, and, and the thing you noticed on that play, uh, Jacob, uh, for me was, you know, it was it was zero coverage, right? There was no safeties on the shelf. And the uh, the defender was playing inside technique. So he was kind of taking that inside route, you know, whether it's a dig or a slant, taking that away. Dobbs recognized it right off the bat. I'm sure Love was on the same page, obviously. Just a quick stutter step, stutter step, good release. You've seen that all camp long with Romeo Dobbs. There's something about his release and in and, and no way, shape, or form am I going to compare him to Devontae Adams, okay? But it's kind of got that feel to it. You know, Tay had that quick twitch, quick feet off the right off the line, and Dobbs tends to show that. Now, on the negative side, uh, the you know, the drop passes kind of showed up tonight too, right? But it's a young receiver. You know, we talked about this on Ryan's live stream on how, you know, uh, Tay was the same way for the first two, even three years right? Being in the league, he had those drops and you made a joke that you had friends saying they need to cut him, right? And and I heard the same type of thing, you know, but what did you think of Dobbs, man, just initially? Um, was, am I the only person that's like, holy cow, every time this kid's on the field, he's showing up? No, I mean, obviously he has been amazing in camp. And so what you want to see is him progress and take that step into actual live playing and i think tonight he did you know like you said it's a little bit he's got seven targets he's got three receptions for 45 yards but some of those receptions like you said the one where he drops it where it's in his bread basket from five yards out you're like oh man here we go but then the next play literally the next play he's going on a slant route and he catches it basically like against his helmet in traffic contested he obviously had the touchdown route where he can, like you said, he breaks off the line like it's very easy. And you said you don't want to conv- compare him to Devontae, but Devontae, like you said, had a couple early years in the league where he came from a semi, was it uh, was it San Jose? No, where did Devontae come from? Uh, not necessarily the school that you would think would be, okay, that's a huge school. Uh, Dobbs coming from Nevada. He was mm-hmm. a big deep threat. I still think that he has a lot of those capabilities. And you could see that, that touchdown he grabbed, you know, he's looking for the ball. He's reaching over his shoulder. He's doing all these things. And then he just boneheads a couple of plays where he drops it, where it's right in his bread basket. And apparently that's his MO. So that being said, he looked great in, you know, in, in positions where he looked great. Juwan Winfrey, my guy, <clears throat> necessarily <laughs> wow anybody, but I mean, he had three targets, three receptions, 27 yards. I'm just saying. I'm not saying. I'm just saying. Danny Davis looked actually really great. Danny Davis. Um, again, he's, he's a dark horse to even make the practice squad, but he right. had two receptions for 45 yards. I could not believe this, that B.J. Baylor had two receptions for 75 yards? Yeah. Two targets? Right. Yeah. That and did not I- register with me, but it just, you know, once you see it on paper, it's a little bit yeah, inspiring he- there. Yeah, he had that that huge play there too on the wheel route, right? And um, you know, I believe it was like a sixty yard, sixty eight yard, yeah. Right, and there. and I'll tell you, you know, that was I believe it was Danny Etling that just dropped it right in the basket. I mean, that was what a what a beautiful throw, what a beautiful catch, and and it's kind of what Ryan was talking about. He, you know, Baylor tends to show up in the passing game, whether it's pass blocking or or catching a ball out of the backfield. And one thing that that comes out of that side of the ball and, and that position specifically. I'm pretty sure Taylor's played himself off the off the team. I mean, it, it kind of feels that way. Do you agree? 
I do, man. The the few times of, so number one, we didn't see him in there that many times. I mean, Goodson basically ran the first half, right? And so the mm-hmm. fact that after that, that you saw Taylor for like a couple plays and the plays that he was in, like we talked about, the guy runs like he's got something, you know, like a two by four taped to his spine or something. Like you need to lower <laughs> your head, bro. Like you got to get in there. And he used to be, you know, a very, very well-rounded back. And I think that it was obvious that the Packers thought that of him because of the way that they showed him on the depth chart. The fact that he's getting second round reps or second team reps to Goodson. And then they didn't even keep him in there very long. And like you said, I think he played himself out because they, I think they did back-to-back slant passes to the guy where he just had to make a very base to catch, maybe fall forward for like two or three yards. And that's kind of what the Packers MO. You think about what Aaron Jones does, what, what Dylan does. If it's second and three, we throw a flat pass out. They just fall forward. You get the first down, right? That's a very staple part of our offense. He showed that he cannot do that. So I don't see him, like you said, making this team. I mean, I think he played himself out. Dexter Williams, though, man. <laughs> I mean, honestly, for a guy that has not doesn't have any business to be running on the field, he was pretty much our best. I mean, Goodson had 12 carries for 37 yards, only average 3.1. He had a long of seven. Dexter Williams comes in with three carries, 20 yards rushing, 9.7 average. And I mean, a long of 26, that's, I'm not going to say that's nothing to shake a stick at, you know? Right. Yeah, no doubt. No doubt. And, you know, the thing that really, really stood out to me too, um, Goodson just being very shifty, you know? I mean. Shiftier than I thought he'd be. Yeah, he he just seems like uh, I mean he's he's got that third spot right now, you know. Obviously with Kylan Hill, uh, you know, still being out, so uh, we got Pack Daddy trying to join here. Let's see if we can get him in. I think he's ready. We'll see. May have connection issues anyway. Um, so yeah, Goodson kind of stood out to me when he was in the game. Um, he he got quite a bit of snaps too. Um, you know, looked good, looked shifty. Jordan Love was he was hot or cold, right? I mean. He made a couple of throws there that were just spot on, uh, one of which uh, Dobbs, you know, did kind of screw up. Um, and uh, there on the on the deep route kind of got almost like he got locked up at the top of the route. But at the same time, man, they, they went to Dobbs early and often. Um, so, yeah, Jordan Love, to me, he looked accurate at times. And, and there was the one play, uh, the one pick there on the slant attempt to uh, Amari Rogers. And we talked about this on the live stream. And, you know, the thing that, that stood out to me was the pre-snap read there. You could see it. And, and it's easy for me to say watching the replay and rewinding it and all that, but you could just tell it was man coverage. And the guy who was lined up on Amari Rogers was playing inside technique. So he's playing inside shade. And, and it was just like Jordan didn't even recognize it. Jordan just dropped back. He knew where he was going with the ball. He didn't care that, that the pre-snap read would have suggested he go, you know, somewhere else. And, uh, yeah, it was disastrous, you know. So, uh, again, there was some push in the pocket, but Jordan just went out there and kind of let it let it wing, you know. And um, you take the good with the bad, man. This is uh, this is the time to see what you got. And uh, well, I mean, it's, it's just funny because every year I feel like we go through this. Last year we went through it with Kirk Bankert. We've been, been through it with a, a number of other third-string quarterbacks where – the second string quarterback goes in there against sometimes first string defense, sometimes against those tweener guys, right? And it doesn't necessarily perform. And then 
Etling. So let's go. Let's compare Jordan Love. 13 for 24, 176 yards, 7.3 average, two touchdowns, three interceptions. That's a rating of 66.0. Then you got Danny Etling coming in at the last, well, I should say the last minute, but the last, you know, playing with the scrubs. He's six for eight. He's 123 yards, 15.4 average, one touchdown, zero interceptions. He's only got one sack. He's 156.3 rating. And so you say, well, then obviously you got to start Etling. That's the better quarterback. No, nah, man, he's just not going against that tier of competition that necessarily love is. And I'm not giving love an out. I think that throwing three interceptions is trash. Two of them, I would argue, are not his fault. The third one I definitely know is his fault. Um, and I don't know. I just – I liked what I saw out of love, to be honest with you. When I saw him – in the first two drives, I was like, that's a, da- a guy that's that's poised. He seems calm. He seems like he's doing his reads. He seems like he's doing his footwork right. And then, again, this is where the love haters can come right in and be like, exactly what we told you. He'll fold when the, when the situation needs him to not fold. He'll throw picks. He'll force balls. Ryan, where are you? <laughs> that's where that's what she said would come in. But anyways, it's just <laughs> – it's the typical Jordan Love game. I honestly feel like we have nothing more to learn from Jordan Love. We have not learned anything more than we do or don't know. He did exactly what we thought would happen. He yeah. played okay. And then we had a question mark, which is his whole career. Yeah, I mean, I think you pretty much summed it up. And and we were all excited to see what he would Packard do tonight. Packard just said, that's what she said. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Exactly. Oh, man. Um. Yeah, he, he kind of played exactly how we've, you know, come to, you know, to see him play, you know. Um, I One don't, step forward, two steps back. Yeah, yeah. And and you got to take into consideration, though, to me, he looked better in that first quarter when he, you know, when Dobbs was in and, and you know, and there was, you know, a little bit better talent around him. But we've never seen Jordan Love other than one time against Kansas City, right? We've never seen Jordan Love play with a healthy bunch of number ones around him. He, he just almost had won that game, man. He almost won yeah, that game. Absolutely. So he outplayed you know, Patrick Mahomes in that game, by the way. Yeah. Very, very, very true. And you know, the thing that really stands out to me uh, about Jordan Love and that whole situation with the draft pick and everything, you know, like Greg Cosell says, there's two drafts every year. There's a quarterback draft, and then there's every other position that's drafted, right? And it's obvious that Jordan Love was on that that top tier of quarterbacks for the Packers, and that's why they drafted him. And the, the other thing you got to take into consideration is the money that was saved, the money that's continuing to be saved with him being your backup. That's about as cheap a backup as you can find. I mean, when you really look across the league, there's a lot of teams that are paying anywhere from, you know, six to eight to twelve million dollars for a backup. Right. So there's a there's a little bit of value there, too. And again, it's early, man. I want to see him with the number ones. And I want to you know, you can't really judge what he is until you get a consistent or a a good saturation of games, you know, with him uh, with him with uh, number ones around. him. But Levitt got burned. Right. That was pretty ugly. So. That was times, a note. What's that? I said I think a couple times. Yeah, it, it was it was pretty ugly. Uh, Rico Gafford got turned around there on one route. He was in man coverage and it looked absolutely <clears throat> horrible. Um, yeah, yeah. Tyler Davis with the drop that led to the pick. You know, you're going to look at the stat line with Jordan Love and it looks it looks really bad. But in all honesty, it's not as bad um, as the stats would suggest. You know, you had like I said, Tyler Davis with that drop pick. 
And, you know, first thing that <laughs> that Ryan said was, why do people love this guy so much? <laughs> right. I said that. Ryan just was silent because he always thinks that. <laughs> was I'm it true? Sure. <laughs> yeah, dude, he had two targets, zero yards, one interception, six points for the other team, basically. Like, I don't know. <laughs> yeah, so Tyler Davis kind of went down a notch. But, you know, like we were talking about, who's going to play that Tunyon row out of the tight end room other than Davis? I mean, you got you got Mac and Canelo. Maybe Deguara. I yeah. think maybe Deguara is they try to make him not a halfback kind of guy, maybe more of a. I think he could do it. You know, you saw that. Remember when he took that short pass in Detroit and ran it for like seventy yards? Like you can see glimpses of him doing that stuff. It's just yeah, absolutely. And Deguara had a couple of catches there. It looked like Jordan was going to him uh, there on one drive, so he he didn't necessarily look bad, and. uh then you had love to Danny Davis. Danny Davis kind of shined a little bit, didn't he? Not not as if he has a, a chance to make this roster, but he's definitely fighting for that practice squad spot. Two targets, and, two catches, 45 yards, and a touchdown, man. And a tud. Like, <laughs> Come on. How do so, you go better than that, you know? Yeah, again, you're not going to obviously keep him over a Winfrey or a Torre or whoever makes the bottom of that receiver room on the active roster. But, again, you put him on the practice squad, you know, who knows what he might turn into here in a couple of years. You're kind of splitting hairs at that point. Um, you know, like we said, halfback Taylor kind of playing himself off the roster the way it seems right now. There's a whole lot of ball left. I'm not saying he'll be a part of that initial cut uh, cut down, but uh, there's a, there's also a good chance of it. The, one of the big names that stood out to me, though, Jacob, was, was Jack Heflin. Jack Heflin had a pretty good game, man. Trash can full of dirt. I'm telling you, dude, it's catching on, bro. It's catching on. <laughs> it was all over Twitter, too. You know, he was just – he was in the backfield. He was disruptive, and he's just one of those guys that won't go away, you know, and, and he's a big body. He's got some quickness. I think it was – it Coach Hahn was talking about his hands on the mm-hmm. – yeah. Coach Hahn was like, look at the size of this guy's hand. <laughs> he's just a, a corn-fed – did you say he was from Iowa? He's an Iowa boy, pretty sure. Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. He looks like he should be named Jethro. That's for sure, man. He was um, he was the the TJ Slayton of that draft where I was like, Heflin's going to be the man. And <laughs> right. Slayton's going to be man this week or this year. It's Wyatt's going to be the man. So yeah. they're all and the man. I'll tell you somebody else who showed up tonight, and uh, it, it'll probably go a, a little more unnoticed than it would if if Love hadn't had you know such a bad game. But uh, Amari Rogers, the fifty yard. Um, kickoff return, right? That was a kickoff. Just return. caught one more ball. I could have made fifty bucks tonight, guys. <laughs> and that's top priority on this show, guys. Are the gambling habits? All right, it's we. Right. we you got to pay the bills. You know, I'm paying the piper. That's right. But you had that big uh, special teams play by him. But then also you had a quick little bubble screen that uh, that he took to the house. And let's uh, let's listen to that real quick as I try to key this up, Jacob. Let's see if we can get this audio to play for the listeners. Wow. Um, it's just so nice to see uh, Amari Rogers kind of show up um, tonight. And, and, again, it happened in the first preseason game. Let's see if he can put it together all season long. But you can kind of tell on this play this is what he's good at. And you mm-hmm. see him try to do this last year when, uh, when Amari was in the game. It just never really came together, and he had very, very limited reps. But uh, here's that touchdown play by Amari Rogers played really well and they're, they're giving him more snaps at safety quick throw out left to Amari Rogers down the sideline Hawkins trying to save the touchdown they yes. drive for the pylon there and Green Bay has tied the game at 20. yeah and again it, you know it was just one of those plays where just a quick quick design right everything was already prefab and uh Amari stepped up so 
Um, what, you, what do you think about Amari Rogers, man? This, you got a, one special teams play. You got the touchdown catch on the bubble screen, which that's kind of what he's in the offense to do. Yeah. Do you think Amari takes a step forward this year? hundred percent. I think he took a massive step forward in this game. Like you said, everyone was hating on Amari for muffin punts. Well, you know what? He was a rookie. You go try muff or taking a punt. You know what I mean? With 11 guys bearing down on you. First time you're in the NFL, see how that goes. I'm just saying, try that out and see what you have to do. If you want to talk some smack tonight, like he, he really was, I mean, he had two returns, 69 yards. He averaged 34.5. I mean, guys, that's, better than we've ever had in green Bay of all time. And, and, and he seems like it's, he's picking up of what happened of last year. Remember we all hated him for a few mistakes, but trending into the end of the season last year, this guy was decent. He was doing well, better than, like I said, other than Trevor Davis back in the day or some of those guys, um, he has some promise and he seems like he's less afraid to field the ball. I think the, uh, Pisaccia or all those guys are being like, you're going to have to grow up or you're going to get off this team kind of thing. You know what I mean? And so I think he's, he's taken on that responsibility. It seems like he's more confident. He looks like he can handle the ball. He looks more like the receiver that we thought we were drafting a couple of years ago. And now he's starting, his body is starting to fill what, you know, what we think he can be. You know, he's got to put on that weight. He's got to learn how to be shifty. He's got to learn how to, get off of blocks and how to shed, you know, coverage. I, I think he's doing it. I think he's, he's from a great pedigree pedigree. I know that. So he's willing to work. And I think, I think the coaches love him. And he talked about how Pisaccia reamed him out over and over and over and how he went back and he's like, do you think that, you know, blah, 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 he hates you. He goes, no, he loves me because he wants me to get better. And that's how I know this. Cause he keeps harping on me. If he didn't yell at me, then I'd be worried. And I think that's awesome. Absolutely. You know, something Aaron Rodgers said about Josh Myers, too. You know, he said, uh, if if I'm talking to you, if I'm if I'm screaming at you, it means I believe in you. You know, and, and I had coaches tell me the same thing when I was when I was younger. And, and you know, when you're young and immature, you, <laughs> when you're young and immature, you don't want to hear it. But we looking back, it's like, yeah, when they stop talking to you, they've given up on you. Right. So, you know, another thing uh, here, Samori Torre, man, three catches, 42 yards. He only he was only targeted four times. This kid, man, he just it just seems like he can catch the football. He can create a little bit of space. Um, I know Ryan. He seems like he's pretty dead set that, that Samori Torre is going to be a practice squad guy, and it does make sense seeing that you could probably pass him on. I mean, obviously, I don't think there's another team that's willing to sign him and, and take up an active roster spot. But at the same time, um, he, to me, he's he's had a pretty good camp. And he showed up there tonight with those those three catches. Anything stand out to you about Samori Torre tonight? I think he's had a great camp. And I would um, wonder, so if we throw him on practice squad, does the team have to do anything to sign them? Do they have to give up any sort of tender, any sort of draft pick? Um, what What is the, the stipulation with that? Uh, specifically meaning what? If we okay. throw Torre on our practice squad, other teams can sign him, correct? Right, just willy nilly. That we don't we don't have any recourse of that. We don't have any rebuttal. We have to just accept that. Right. Yeah. To the best of my knowledge, once you go to put a player on practice squad, they have to clear waivers. Once they clear waivers, they make it to the practice squad. Right. Well, in that waiver process, teams have an opportunity to sign that player, but they can't just sign them and put them on their practice squad. They you have, have to, to go to their active it. roster. Yeah. Right. I don't yeah. believe there's any draft picks involved in that, but that might be something we could uh double check on later. No, I'm just wondering like if that's ever a situation where 
let's say Samari Torrey is lighting it up and our same situation at wide receiver is there and say Dallas, because they've lost so many of their wide receivers, they want Samari Torrey and they want him before the waiver wire. Is there any way that you could like do a trade or, or I don't know. I'm just trying to think of like weird ways that the Packers could benefit off of a guy that other teams want that they know that they can't keep, but they don't just want to cut to the waiver wire. And I'm trying to figure out how they could, we all have smartphones, and we all know they're pretty amazing, but they also can be amazingly distracting, especially when we're around other people. So U.S. Cellular wants us to reset our relationship with our phones by putting down our phones for five. That's right, a company that sells phones wants us to put down our phones. And to see what we find, learn more at uscellular.com forward slash built for us. In the hobby, it's not easy being a fan of ripping packs or repacks. We get all hyped up thinking we're going to get some high-value Jordan Love card, but with zero transparency on available cards and hit rates, it's all just a shot in the dark. Until now, introducing Slab Packs from ArenaClub.com, the only repack that provides real value, a complete view on all possible cards, and clear hit rates for each one. Now when I buy Slab Packs on Arena Club, it finally feels like I know what I'm getting. And honestly, the best thing for me and my son is the fact that we're kind of novices into this. When I walk into a card shop with my son and a card says it costs $40, kind of just taking his word for it that that's a good value. So I appreciate the transparency on grading, as well as just getting excited about seeing what you could potentially get. Right now, you can get 10% off your first purchase by going to arenaclub.com slash packdaddy. Wow, that's crazy offer. 10% off a $400 slab pack. That's 40 bucks right there. Anyways, that's arenaclub.com slash packdaddy for 10% off your first purchase. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com. Yeah, it's a good question, but, I, you know, it's it's kind of unprecedented. I, I mean, like, I'm just because I feel yeah. like that every team when they they're like, I, you know, I hope we cut this guy. I hope our team stays the way it is. And I know that other players are sharked off of all the teams, you know, a lot of the time. And so I just I don't know, man. Samari Torrey seems like I don't think he's such a lock that nobody else wants him, to be honest. Yeah. I mean, you look at players or teams like Dallas, teams like the Chiefs, where have you read some of the stuff about MVS in, in camp? No, it's, it sounds horrible, right? <laughs> sounds just like MVS. He's yep. real fast. And every now and then he can catch a deep ball. But other than that, it's like, ugh. and then in Dallas, I mean, they lost a lot of guys. And Jerry Jones seems very adamant that they're not going to sign any um, veterans or any of that kind of stuff. But I just, I feel like there's going to be a lot of offseason activity just because it's, I don't know. I, I, there's a lot of good guys out there, man. Danny Gray, you saw what Danny Gray did tonight, right? Yeah. I mean, he was a guy that – one of the fastest wide receivers in the league 
or I'm sorry, in the draft. And they got him at a very, very discounted rate, I'd say, in the draft. And sure enough, he starts looking like he's almost our their version of our Romeo Dobbs. So, yeah, for sure. Um, you know, also uh, your boy Jawan Winfrey, three targets, three, three catches. Three. That's a hundred percent, sir. And I'll tell you the thing: <laughs> the thing that I noticed Perfect. about Jawan Winfrey, he 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 looks like he belongs. He really does. And you know, when you look at when you look at the depth chart there. It's going to come down to Torre and Winfrey. And uh, right now, I, I yep. see your all's point. You know, Winfrey's probably the guy. He, re- he really is. Um, that would probably be my pick, you know, as of right now, for sure. Josiah DeGuara, three targets, had two catches. Um, let's move over to the defensive side of the ball. And, um, you know, the big name that stayed out here, especially for a defensive lineman, the sixth, six total tackles, had one for a loss. Chris Slayton. I mean, that's, that's kind of surprising there. Not the Slayton we thought. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. And we've got Slayton, you know, outside of the uh, outside of the roster, cut down to six. I don't, you know, I don't see him carrying more than six, and I just don't see Slayton making the team. But he really showed up. He's putting some film out there for other Dude, teams. You want to know what? Let's let's talk about the top seven, okay? Chris Slayton, Isaiah McDuffie, Tyreek Carpenter, Kobe Jones, Jack Heflin, Keandre Thomas, and Dalen Levitt, and then <laughs> followed by Kingsley and Barre. And Barre. I don't know, man. I think it's a nag bar, but I could be wrong. I'm just um, telling you. And then after that is Tipa <laughs> and Ty Summers. And granted, obviously, the you had know, to love it, man. Right in the middle of the live broadcast with Pac Daddy. Um, you could hear in the background Kevin Harlan call him Enig Barre. <laughs> and, and all you see, I immediately found Jacob on the screen. He just kind of gave me that side eye looking up like oh, I told you. I told you. <laughs> But Although yeah, that doesn't prove anything because we've literally heard him <laughs> say it two different ways. So, But exactly. I think that's interesting, and I think that's encouraging. Chris Slayton, like you said, who? who? Isaiah McDuffie, Tyreek Carpenter, who I agree, Ryan, he's been kind of, you know, MIA in this camp, and we I'd love to see him do more. Um, Kobe Thomas, I've never seen – or I'm sorry, Keandre Thomas, Kobe Jones, uh, Jack Heflin. I mean, he, he looks like he's – very upset that he's not a lock to make this roster. And I, I think yep. it's great. I, I like that. Yeah. Come on. But back to uh, Enigbare. I mean, three tackles, right? Do you remember that one that he came around the edge? Yeah. One sack, right? He had one sack, one yep. tackle for a loss, and he had two quarterback hits. I mean, the guy showed up. Granted, he was playing in the second half and he's going up against third stringers, but this is a fifth round pick. And, and, you know, I know Coach Hong got really, really excited on the broadcast there um, when he seen that straight arm. He just – I mean, he literally just hit him with a, a quick move, straight left arm, right underneath the chin, totally legal, put it, you know, just just right on right above the sternum and then took the edge, got the sack. Looked really good. and But that's what he did well, right? It, it's going to come down to run defense for Kingsley. Yeah, and, you know, if he, if he wants to have any kind of role, you know, he's, he's got to become a pro at setting that edge and playing the run. What were you going to say, Jake? I was just going to say, I don't think he shows up in any way on the stat line, but I remember Garvin coming around the corner mm-hmm. and setting the edge on a field. Early on. Yeah. Where he, you know, I think that the fact that he only was maybe given 10, 12 snaps or whatever it was, and that he seemed to show up there. I think that shows that one, they like him and they don't want to have him overuse himself. And that two, he has potential. So, and I don't know exactly what we were doing because you can't, tell me that they have Trey Lance, who's their number one quarterback going in the season, that they're going to put a second 
O-line behind him and all this. So in my opinion, we had our second team defense going against their first team offense pretty much minus maybe a few of the specialty players. And I thought we did pretty good, a lot yeah. better than I thought we would, to be honest. Yeah, I agree, man. Um, you know, as the game went on, it seemed like it got a little more comfortable. And I know it, you know, some of the the officiating got a little yeah. bit question. I don't I don't understand why the officials are so um, I don't know, caught up in in being seen in a preseason game, but it sure felt like that was the vibe for me, right? Um yeah. now Sean Ryan, go ahead. No, that's exactly what I was gonna say is those those guys seem like they uh they were very excited to see the camera. Yes, exactly. Ma, look at me. Hi, Ma. I was going to say, hi, Ma. I'm on TV now. Now, you know, I think we would all agree Sean Ryan's been very underwhelming in camp. It just seems like there's multiple notes on him getting turned around and, and, you know, just kind of getting abused. And he got in the game tonight. He left with an injury. However, he did return. Rob Domofsky did say that he returned to the game. So, uh Seems to be healthy in that regard, but at the same time, man, every time you turn around, Jacob, it looks like Sean Ryan is is on the ground. And, and of of the entire draft, draft night, right? When when Sean Ryan was taken, I feel like that was the most exciting offensive line pick of the night. And now looking back, it's kind of like, okay, well, Zach Tom. Now, Zach Tom seems to be kind of you know showing something, right? So. Mm-hmm. What did you think? Uh, what do you think about Sean Ryan? Obviously, you're not going to cut him, being a little bit higher of a pick, but uh, man, it's just man, been disappointing. I, I, I don't know. Just because I, in in years previous, I would never think of cutting that type of offensive lineman, but seeing how he's been kind of thrown around throughout the training camp, and I'm intrigued by the couple of the other giants that we have. We talked about. Uh, I believe it's it's Caleb Jones. He's like 6'10 or something like that, like sitting down. You can literally see him like eclipsing the other players. Mm-hmm. Um, you got guys like Rasheed Walker where, you know, let's see what they can do. <sighs> Honestly, I, I've said it before. I'm still a little bit worried about our offensive line. Seeing this game against a 49ers defensive front where I think that they actually did come out to play. They probably wanted to thump us more than I think that we – got so I, I i'm impressed honestly i'm not gonna sit here and say that our offensive line was trash i wish we could have done a lot more in the running game but you guys have to remember that this is our patched together offensive line going against their presumptual first and a half line defense probably second line defense and even their second line defense guy or their second string defense is the 49ers defensive line they're very very well formed and and they're good players. So, yeah, the definitely. fact that we had a decent night, I honestly, this whole night, the fact that it's 21-28, I look at that as a win. If you look back at Packers preseason games, guys, we usually get blown out. We don't use this. Packers coaches don't care about whether or not we're going to lose. They want to see where their guys are, what they're doing, how progressed they are. So I'm not too worried, to be honest. As long as we get Bach back and we get Elton back and somewhat of a fast schedule i don't care anymore i'm not i'm not too worried but we'll see we'll see yeah i feel like the offensive line held up pretty well and jordan love they one thing okay. that, they did yeah, right yeah and one thing that stood out to me about jordan love he was standing in the pocket now he showed some mobility but he did step up in that pocket and he stood strong 
Um, that's a good sign. Well, Matt, Coach Matt Lafleur was at the podium just a second ago. Let's uh, let's dip in here and take a listen, and uh, and see what Coach Lafleur had to say when he met with the media. Operation it was a smooth operation, and I thought he got us in and out of the huddle extremely uh, crisp and with urgency. Um, you know, I thought he made some off schedule plays. He showed some some nice nice athleticism on a couple of those runs as well, and. Um, so there was a lot of good good things out there from Jordan. Just the poise that he showed in the pocket, that's something that we were looking at. And, uh, you know, overall, I thought just the process of everything, I thought it was uh, a pretty good first step for him. And how much do those three picks do detract from the good things that did though? Well, I, again, I think two of those you can totally take off of. The, the third one, again, we had two bus crowds because the ball really shouldn't have gone there. Um, on that play, but he had nowhere else to go to football, and he forced it in there, and, you know, the defender made a good play, but, uh, you know, we just got to clean up everything around him. A lot of times, we say it all the time about quarterbacks, they're going to get too much credit when we do well, and they're going to get a lot of the blame when we don't, and that's just the reality of playing that position in this league, And um, but I, I was pleased with George's performance. Play in front of him and then later, yeah, I thought our offensive line did a much better job. I thought they held up really nicely uh, throughout the course of the games. Certainly, there's it was it wasn't perfect. Uh, there are a couple of runs that I think that we could have blocked up a little bit better, but by and large, I thought they did, they did a nice job. I was really happy with the effort the guys gave, uh, really in, in every phase. I thought the guys were were competing, playing, playing with great urgency, playing with great effort, playing together. Uh, nobody was kind of making up their own stuff out there, which tends to happen sometimes when you get your first exposure in, in a you know NFL football game, a preseason game. And so I thought by and large, you guys did a nice job. Yeah, did you think of the touchdown ball that Dobbs just being able to actually carry that over from Romeo? Yeah, that was a great moment. And, you know, played man coverage and uh, he, he went off the line of scrimmage and it was one of those where you went so so big it's like you you don't want to miss the layup and jordan did a nice job of giving him a catchable ball and then we finish it all right so again he's talking about that release that we were just talking about jacob and um it's it's pretty cool man i mean you're talking about a rookie stepping right in and like he said we we seen it on the replay it was zero coverage there was no help over the top it was just – I kind of feel like you've seen that on both sides to a certain extent. You didn't see that typical um, Coach Barry cover four, right? So I think what happens in these preseason games is, is much like the joint practices. The two coaches come together and they make an agreement and say, all right, look, here, let's, let's put our players in a position where they can actually compete tonight rather than, hey, let's see who can win the game. And it kind of felt like that across the board, but – it's uh, it's pretty cool that Coach Lafleur noticed that with uh, with Romeo Dobbs beating him off the line, and that's the thing. You the more footage you see on Dobbs, you start to see what he does good and what he does bad, and that release is looking pretty good, man. What do you what do you think? I mean, yeah, man. I I think at this point it's safe to say that it's not a fluke. You know, we've we've studied Bears fans, we've studied Lions fans, even Vikings fans, where they go off on a guy because he had two or three days in practice, and they're like. Man, he's the next coming, you know, and um, <laughs> we've even tried Ryan, make sure that we tamp ourselves down from that expectation. So 
if right. we ever get hyped up on a guy, Ryan comes in the next podcast and he's like, here's why he sucks. He beats us down, right? <laughs> yeah. Like little orphan Annie over here. Yeah, exactly. So he, <laughs> and even he has now been, I think, uh, converted into being a believer. And tonight, again, we saw something that we don't necessarily love. Romeo Dobbs can make a great play where he's turning over the back of his shoulder. He's grabbing it. He's getting his feet in line. And then when you're five feet in front of him, he can drop a ball that's right in front of you. That's kind of <laughs> right. something that's, that's, that's been tailored to him. But, um, and again, you look at the fact that he was only caught three balls after being targeted seven times, I believe. Uh, I'm not going to necessarily put that on Dobbs, but there are certain catches that he should have made. And I think he can make. And I think that, um, Lazard and Watkins and whenever Watson gets back, the fact that we have Dobbs, the fact that we possibly could have Tory or a Winfrey or obviously a Cobb and Rogers, we do not have a, a, a non deep. We don't have a shallow wide receiver corpse. We have anything, an overly deep wide receiver corpse that does not understand where they align. We don't know where, who's the head, who's the alpha, who's the beta. We don't understand that yet because we haven't been put to the fire. And I think that tonight we took a step in that direction, but we obviously don't know exactly what we have because their starters aren't there. So it's it's just taking a little bit of a piece of what we could be. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's very well said. We had Jordan Love at the podium just a second ago, so let's, uh, let's go live there and see, see what we QB one of the not had to say. <laughs> I didn't hear that. I probably don't want to hear it. Here we go. No, Here's no. Jordan Love. <laughs> but uh, other than that, I think we were moving the ball great. Um, you know, got in some scoring positions. Um, and yeah. I know you don't want to throw any of your teammates under the bus, but you feel to I me mean, this could have been a. Hold up. I know you don't want to throw any, any of your teammates under the bus, but here. I know you didn't kill your wife. Yeah. How would she die? Better night for you if, uh, if you know, just a couple of those catches are made? Yeah, I mean, I think for everybody, it could have been a, a better night. You know, the ball just, you know, happens to bounce you know, a weird way. Um, you know, they capitalize on those. Uh, um, but, uh, yeah, you know, I think uh, obviously no one wants that to happen, and uh, it sucks when it does. A game action means how much more to you than practice or not much more to you practice. Can you say that again? It means how much more to you than the practice work. Oh, uh, I think the game actually means a lot. Um, you know, just being able to get those reps, seeing different looks in the defense, um, and just going against different guys. You know, it's, it's the intensity is a little bit higher, um, and uh, I think the game action is a lot better than practice. On the uh, on the third interception, Coach Lafleur said that uh, a couple guys ran the wrong route. You kind of only had one choice to, to get it to Amari. Can, can you just kind of take us through like what what happened there and what you saw? Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, we ran a play. Um, you know, Amari kind of had a two way go on the read, um, and they played too high. Um, <clears throat> it's one of those things we weren't really expecting them to play much too high, um, and you know, it's one of those things. Uh, just got the wrong read on it. Um, and, uh, yeah, you know, the ball, the route he ran, you know, the ball is still behind him, um, able for the defender to undercut it. And, uh, yeah, you know, it's just something that you don't want to happen, but, uh, you know, just something to learn from. That was that very play that we were talking about, Jacob. And you heard him, yeah. he said he wasn't expecting him to play two man under, right? Two man read. And 
when he snapped the ball on a two-man under in that specific situation, you had the DB playing that inside technique, basically saying, okay, we're going to take the short underneath route away. You're going to have to play either outside the numbers and you're darn sure not going to go up top. And uh, when, as soon as we seen the replay, we, we called it out. We were like, wow, yeah, he just – he didn't even go to go through a progression. It was obviously a pre-snap misread, and he just tried to hammer it into uh, Amari. And like he said, it was a bad ball anyway, but a bad decision all the way around. So – um, again, though, Jordan Love, man, this is this is what's great about the preseason. Give me more of it. I want to see him again next week. Yeah, I want to see what we got. So, uh, yeah. Um, as we get ready to wrap up here, any 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 uh, parting thoughts before we give away our Monday Night Football Packers? Oh, Rams. I forgot about that. Right, we're giving away our indoor club seat tonight with a VIP tailgate uh, party pass. Um, one lucky listener is going to be going to a, a Packer game with us, like I said, December 19th, but we're going to be indoors, uh, living, the, living the good life on top of Lambeau Field up there, um, watching some football. But before we get to that, any, uh, any parting comments here before we wrap up? Man, I just, I'm so happy to be back with Packers football, to be back with all the guys. And it's just, uh, man, it's fun. It's so fun. <laughs> like we're, we got a lot of things in the mix, guys. Um, a lot of things that you may never, uh, may not expect. Uh, some big deals, kind of stuff, and um, maybe some future podcast stuff that we got going on. And hopefully, we get to the point where we start interviewing players because I think that we're on that caliber. We're getting there. We're about to get there. And um, just stay tuned because we have a lot of good stuff coming. Like it's it's. It's almost like drinking from a fire hose. We have a lot of stuff coming <laughs> really fast, and we're trying to trying to, you know, maintain it all. So, right. Uh, I don't know, Clayton. What else? What else we got? Well, first of all, I just want to say this was kind of a trial run for our post game show. We're going to do this all year, and uh, there was already some hiccups in this, and we're going to iron them out and get better as we as we move forward. So when week one gets here, we're going to have you guys an awesome product. I know there's many people that are listening to this right now on a podcast as well, um, and that's the goal. This is going to be something that you could tune in live immediately following the game, but then you can also catch it on a pod the next day or, or late tonight if you're still up. Uh, you know, if you sober up, wake up on the couch at 3 a.m. and want to listen to something, you know what I mean? We'll have you have you a pod to listen to. But with that being said, man, let's let's do a little giveaway here. I'm going to share the screen and show you guys how we have this set up. First of all, I want to say thank you to everyone who entered the uh, the giveaway. All right. So let's go ahead and share this. And I know this is boring on the pod probably because you can't see it. But what we have here, we ended up having 540 entries, gang. 540. Okay. And, you know, we had our, uh, a GoFundMe attached to help Drew get his seizure service dog. And you guys showed up big time, man. And as you're looking at this, Will, for those of you who are watching online, just to kind of give you an idea, you can see these big colors right here. These are the large donations. We had – I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to list some of these large donations off because we really, really, really appreciate it. You had Carol Horton who donated $500 to Drew's Caesar Service Dog. You had Seth Reuter who also donated $500. I mean, they, that absolutely blows me away. You had Oscar Cardona, who had $400. Then you had Eric Spiegel with $250. You had Matt Comstock at 100 
And then you have Brian. I'm probably going to mess up the name. Peachawit at $100. So I, I wanted to name drop you guys because those are the donations over $100. This giveaway, I know you guys didn't donate $500 to win a ticket, although there's you, you've made yourself, uh, you've given yourself a great chance to win it. Um, I know that uh, you did it because you wanted to help out Drew. And we truly, truly appreciate it. And there's going to be other giveaways. We've already got other giveaways in the works. But uh, this was a fun one to do. Again, I purchased the ticket. It's $500 in value. And then you have the VIP tailgate party pass. That's uh, that's actually $75 in value. So as you look at this wheel, you see the heavy hitters. You also got some some smaller donations. But And then you've got down here. The Twitter entry or the, the Twitter entries right here. Okay. So what we're gonna do, we're gonna go up here and sort this. Actually, we're gonna shuffle this. Okay. So now what it's gonna do is evenly distribute these. <coughs> All right. Again, 540 entries. So what we're gonna do is we're, let's go ahead and spin the wheel. And the winner of the Monday Night Football giveaway, Packers Rams at Lambeau is Mr. Seth Ruder, Holly Donation. Ooh, I think I know that name. Yeah, he's he's on Twitter. I've been a follower. Yeah, had a little okay. bit of. Yeah, he and again he donated five hundred dollars. Man, he he is he is oh, on oh. this wheel many That's times. Nice right. there. So congratulations to Mr. Seth Ruder. You are the winner of our Monday Night Football giveaway. We will see you at Lambeau, December nineteenth, Packers Rams. But as a formality, what we need to do here is spin it one more time. And let's get a backup winner in case we can't find Mr. Seth Ruger. Um, so we have a, a winner there. So let's spin the wheel one more time. Yeah. So that's at LaCrema, I guess. L-A-C-R-E-M-A. At L-A-C-R-E-M-A. So those are the names that were drawn. So again, congratulations. To Seth Reuter, we'll be reaching out to you and uh, and getting those tickets transferred over to you. And again, the backup winner is LaCrema. Jacob, that's the uh, the lucky listener that, that may be going to uh, the game with us. Again, what I wanted to, to point out, you know, some people are at a distance. They might not be able to make the trip. Um, the ticket's yours. You can resell it. You can do whatever you want. Shouldn't have any issue getting 500 bones out of it because that's a real – Or real you can come hang out with us and have a ton of fun. <laughs> exactly. Probably too much fun. Hopefully it's somebody who's local that can actually join us because we're going to have a blast, man. It's going to be, be awesome. Great. It's going to be great. So there you have it. With that, we're going to go ahead and sign off, get out of here. Thank you guys for hanging out the postgame show. Um, we're going to be doing this. Like I said, we'll be back next week. And um, we're gonna we're gonna make it a little bit better each time. We'll get better each time. You guys just be patient with us, and really really appreciate y'all tuning in. Y'all have a good night. As always, let's go out and be the change we want to see in the world. And go pack, go.